This is the Flabbergasted Podcast, where we just can't believe you haven't seen it. Every episode, we discuss a movie that one of us has seen and the other hasn't. Follow us on Instagram, at FlabberPod, and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. I'm your host, Jessica. Let's get to it. Okay, so today on Flabbergasted, we are talking about the 1996 film Independence Day, directed by Roland Emmerich. The aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth, fighting superior technology. Mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. And the director's this, name is Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. If I'm pronouncing it right, I do not. I don't know how I feel about that. I do not claim to be the best at pronunciation. So, Rogi, did mm. you know anything about this movie before we elected to make it part of our podcast? I didn't know very much about it. Obviously, I'd heard of it. I knew that it was it had Fourth of July patriotism tie-ins. I thought that it was about Will Smith being a fighter pilot, maybe, and gunning down aliens. I didn't really know what exactly that entailed. Did you I thought f- there'd be maybe more alien in it? Oh, more alien. Really? We didn't get a lot of FaceTime with aliens. Even when he's got the guy around the neck? When he's got the guy around the neck? In Area 51? When the alien has the human around the neck. Yes. Oh, and he's like using his voice box? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just. But Will Smith wasn't fighting him. I wanted more specifically of Will Smith fighting aliens directly one on one. We have another movie that I think will meet those requirements for you. <laughs> it's called That Thing You Do. <laughs> so, okay. We start off. How did you feel about like. The start off of the the introduction of the aliens, the ships coming, the crazy signal, the introduction of our main characters, David. So I don't watch a lot of action films like this. And so I was surprised with that. We went right into aliens are coming. And then we spent like three quarters of the movie being like the aliens are about to get here, guys. We've only got so much time before the aliens touch down. And I was like, this pacing is very interesting to me. Um, There's a lot of bouncing around, a lot of different locations. My immediate um, response to that was to assume that they were doing that to make it feel global, right? Make make you feel like this isn't just happening in New York City or Washington, D.C. It's happening all around the world. Yes, I agree with that. I didn't realize. So I obviously watched this when I was quite a bit younger and it was always fun and I loved it because I was a big fan of Will Smith. Um, watched Fresh Prince, like he had the kind of comedy I enjoyed. And I didn't realize what you just said about the pacing was really weird. Like it's the aliens are there and like we know there are aliens in the very pretty close to the beginning. And then Mm -hmm. there's a big chunk of the movie that's like, they're coming, they're coming, they're here. What's going to happen? And kind of this weird, weird pacing. I didn't notice that until I watched it for this podcast. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. You see it it from a different perspective. It was almost more of a film about what would our like geopolitical response to an alien invasion be and less a movie about what does it look like to fight off aliens? Yes. I, I don't disagree with that. It was like the, the secretary of defense was like the main villain more than the aliens were. 
Oh, yes. And we really needed him in there because he was very irritating to me. The entire, every scene he was in, so irritating. How did you feel about the introduction? I always thought it was super funny when the inner Will Smith's characters, oh, I've just lost his name. His introduction when they're sleeping and the little boy comes in, which that little boy played on Fresh Prince with Will Smith. Okay. So. What else is he in? Should we be chaining our next movie to uh, this kid? No, I don't know about that. Let's not get crazy. We already have a bunch in the pipeline. Okay. Steven Hiller. Yes, that is Will Smith's name. I just wrote Will Smith. Okay. So I like how the little boy comes in and he's like waking them up and they're like, no, go back to bed. And he's still asleep and he's, you know, he knows that there was what he's equivalenting to an earthquake. And then he's looking Mm -hmm. out the door while he's going to the bathroom or the window and he sees like the neighbors are all packing up and yeah, it's very out of touch with what's happening until he walks out to get the newspaper and it's like, okay, this is, this is a thing. It was like show don't tell, which is what I like. It didn't say, it wasn't, it didn't just hit you over the head with like, like just um, exposition of this is what is happening and like having like stated it, it let you see Will Smith realizing it and like in a way that was more natural. And I appreciated that. So when we got the introduction of the crop duster, whose name I will also Russell. Yep. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. How did you, were you like, what, what is happening here? Why are we here? What is this? We did bounce. So we were in New York city with Jeff Goldblum. We were in Washington DC with the president. We were in LA. Hold on. I forgot to talk about that. We're in New York city with Jeff Goldblum. And then by the end of the day, with all of the traffic and chaoticness, we're at the white house. I'm like, yeah. Well, he spends the whole day doing it. And I think the movie is realistic about like people aren't trying to get into Washington, D.C., right? With the thing being right there, they're all leaving it. So there's a point where you see super gridlock traffic going out. Out. And then he and Judd Hirsch are like flying in no problem because why else would you why would you be doing that? Okay, I'll buy that. So we're in a lot of different places and I was I'll be honest, I was kind of annoyed every time I went to New new Mexico or whatever mm -hmm. um, with drunk crop dresser guy, his kids for some reason. And I think my annoyance was justified by the end. I was like, this did not pay off. Like we did not have these kids and whatever was going on with them, like did not end up mattering at all. It's like there was something there that they cut out, maybe. Oh, you don't think it paid off at all? Him being the guy to him. Oh yeah. Him being the guy that did that did was like fine. You know, I mean, it was, a, it was a suicide run. Like that's always like kind of cool um, from like a selflessness perspective, but the kids having their own things going on and personalities was meaningless to me. I didn't care about it. Like he didn't need three kids to have all of that. Like yeah. they pulled, they pulled attention away from yeah. Or they diluted attention maybe from the, the story. Cause I thought it was going to be more, Oh, isn't it crazy that this guy thinks that he was abducted by aliens, making fun of him in the bar, somebody interviewing him, him bringing that stuff up more. And he only brought it up like once. And then like, it didn't happen again until he was like, hello, I am a pilot. I can fly planes. And then like gave like a very straightforward explanation of like yeah, happening. 
And so I would have been fine if it was just that, if it was just him doing that bit about how they came and probed him. He just did that like three times and didn't have the and kids. Then, and then he killed himself or he like went for it at the end to do the final push. And that, that would have worked just as well for me. So I think that's sort the of only- the payoff is like his kids realize maybe he wasn't as big of a loser as they thought he was originally. I guess, but it wasn't, I don't know his person. It didn't, his personality didn't come through and like, Oh, it turns out like he's a good guy because of this. He's just like, well, I'm the only one left. And if I don't do this, the world's going to blow up. So I bet, I guess I'll dive in. Like I didn't think it added layer or depth to like, Oh, okay. I didn't realize like that part of this guy. It's like, him. Yeah, he's doing the thing that, realistically anyone in his position should and would do so okay i mean like it's good that he did it but okay i'll buy that i've said that more than once but yeah (laughs) so jeff goldblum is super environmentalist at the beginning yeah and that kind of trails off i agree i don't know what the deal is with that so fine like people have their things well this guy this is jeff goldblum he's super environmentalist for some reason he gets to say you know how i'm always trying to save the planet now i can really do it so he gets that fun line this is just for that maybe it's just for that yeah which i didn't i don't remember that being part of the movie before i watched it again him being an environmentalist type person recycling and doing all the things that he was doing which that was kind of fun but other fun things what about the lady saying, I made a sign to welcome the aliens. And then, mm-hmm. oh, what is her name? The girlfriend was like, don't go up there. And then in the next scene, you see she's up there and bam, they die. Yeah, that was like a lot of me thinking, is this realistic? Like, would people, I mean, I can't really speak to 1998, but now, like, if we there was a full-blown alien spaceship right there, it's hard for me to believe that almost anyone would have that reaction of writing signs in English and just going and like partying to say welcome. I mean, I guess maybe like people who aren't in their right mind for whatever reason, but besides that, like. We literally, Jeremy and I literally talked about this like a day or two after we watched it when we were going over it. Like, would you be like, who would do that? Who would like go to do that? Would that be a thing? Would it be a party thing? I can imagine anyone that I know would do that. I agree. I wonder if I just need to know more people then. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little. I mean, we live in the greater Warsaw, Indiana area. I think we'd be fine. You know, but if they're they're targeting biggest cities one at a time. Coming over Warsaw. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So we finally get to Will Smith goes off to the base, even though Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be off for the 4th of July. And mm-hmm. what I thought was really fun is he has a letter from NASA, mm-hmm. which is just a little, just a little thing. It's not really even a big deal at all about it, but it's just kind of this fun tie in that he does have like ambition, like yeah. wants a little, he wants, he has a direction that he's shooting for, I guess is a good way to put it. Well, and especially that it's going to tie into him thinking globally. I mean, being an astronaut means being able to like see the world like that blue marble or whatever. And so I think it makes sense that he would, you know, volunteer to go at the end and all that stuff. Um, I thought it was, that was a good job of, again, so don't tell where it's like, oh, like Will Smith just wants to work at NASA. And my note was they're probably racist. That's probably why they didn't let him work there. Not because he has Classic a stripper girlfriend. NASA. Which is surprise. I can't imagine it's Harry Connick Jr. is in this movie. 
bad news for you is that like I I recognize that name, but I wasn't like, oh, it's Terry Connick Jr. from blank. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what else that this guy was in. He just is kind of doing some kind of weird bit. Yeah. Apparently, was Robert, there was someone else, Robert Downey Jr., somebody else was like almost in this instead of him. Oh, I cannot speak to that. No clue. I don't remember. Um, then they go off and do the fighting. And what about is- Weird Voice Guy? We're just going to skip right over Weird Voice Guy, Jeff Goldblum's boss at New York News Station. <laughs> that guy had the super weird yes, voice. Harvey I don't what? Know who he was. And he died really early. I was like, okay. Harvey Firestein. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Him. Um, he's always entertaining. Yeah. And I like a movie that isn't afraid to kill a character. Yeah. I always, always thought it was so funny how he's like, I got to call my mom. I got to call my, uh, what does he say? Account. And then he says lawyer and he's like, therapist. My lawyer never does anything for me. Yeah. I always, I remember being psychic. Maybe he calls a psychic. Yeah. I remember thinking that was fun. Do we, we do see him die because he gets caught in the, yeah. And we, I really, okay. Really thought the dog was going to die the first time I saw it too. So the dog's name was Boomer. That is, I cannot stress enough that that is the only character name that is in my entire notes. I have the name Will Smith. I have the name Jeff Goldblum and I have Boomer. Those are all of the names that I have written down. I did forget. I Boomer came in the beginning and I was like, okay, it's a yellow lab. That's nice. And then I forgot about Boomer. And then when I thought he was going to die, I became very invested in Boomer's survival. Like this right? is now a movie of Boomer overcoming evil. An His Boomer's invasion. triumph over, you know, the dog, the, the triumph of the canine spirit is what the movie became for me after that. And then I could have used maybe Boomer on the plane with them going to like him. It's Boomer and Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith, maybe something like that. Just a little bit. One more Boomer would have been good. Um, let's have a little real life, real life situation. Would Fred or George jump out of the car appropriately or would they get freaked out and not run from danger? What do you think? Where's Rachel? Wherever she needs to be. Then George is fine. He's following Rachel wherever she goes. Yes. George is maybe on top of Rachel. George is like impeding her ability to walk where she needs to walk because he wants to be inside of her skin. <laughs> um, Fred, I'm probably just carrying. Yeah. Um, Depending on how tight things are. I mean, he's, you know, a fine athlete and all that. And he would just be going wherever we are, too. Daphne would be like, I'm good here. Do you want me to go with you? Then you have to take me like I'm good. Yeah. No, George has jumped out of a car window before that was rolled down too far. Really? When he was younger. Yeah. Was the car like moving? As we were finishing parking. So ish. it was maybe moving like very slowly. We're just like at a, at a curb in front of someone's house, like just finishing our little three point turn. That's fun. Okay. So we know that you and I are going to have to carry the dogs. Yeah. But George is going to be I okay. can carry Fred for a little bit. George will be totally fine. He'll protect Rachel. He'll do what, he'll do what he's got to do. Okay, so we skipped... That's not a problem. We skipped over the funny guy's voice and we came back to it. He's, we skipped over the fact that Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife is the president's, the White House press secretary. Okay, is she? Do they actually say the press secretary because... I mean, that's what she's doing. Sort of. 
she's like leading the press conferences and stuff. Mm, I don't know. I just thought, why is the press secretary there and not the chief of staff? Well, like she's also friends with him, with the president. She's his like most trusted advisor. That's sexist of you. Women can be trusted advisor to the president too, Jessica. No, no, I don't disagree with that. It was 1998. I don't disagree so, with that. Jeremy just looked it up and she's the communications director, not the press secretary. That's the same thing. That's the same no, thing. No, it's not. They're two different positions. No, it's the same thing. In 1998, there were two different positions? No. Yeah. Way. Watch no, West Wing, Rogie. Actually, it would you would never watch it. It's too long for you, but... I... What, what does that mean? I've seen West Wing. I've seen <laughs> episodes of, of West Wing. I don't think so. When I say I've seen West Wing, I mean my my um, government teacher senior year would just show us West Wing and never ever teach anything. Oh, that sounds in honors government. So I watched delightful. a lot of West Wing in that during that. Delay Hill, West Wing. Oh yeah, he's pretty um, great. Love him. And then the so he's Toby. President if you know someone. it enough to remember it, she's Toby. Bradley Whitford. Hmm. His ex-wife's character has the same position that Toby's is in the early episodes. You don't remember Toby? Not meaningful. Absolutely Richard, not. Richard Schiff? The guy with the beard? Nope. So, Will Smith punches and Will Smith chases... No, the alien's chasing him. Yes. But he's good at flying, so he's able to not crash when the alien does crash. Yes. And then they're about to fight, and he just punches the alien in the face? Which I have issues with that because later on we see that this is like an armor exoskeleton kind of thing. And I'm just saying, okay, now I'm going to talk myself out of it. Maybe he was damaged in the crash. He had to be. That was the only explanation. It's got to be. But I always like that scene that he's like dragging him in the parachute. Yeah. And he's getting so annoyed about everything, which I, I relate. I can understand that. How did he even, well, he flew over the base. And so that's how he knew where it was, right? Area 51. Yes. Now, fun question for our fighter, 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 pilot audience members. I'm just saying. We might have one. My buddy Steven's a fighter pilot. They always, in these movies, and that's great, they're looking at each other. And I'm always like, you can't actually see that person in the cockpit over there. Like, you cannot actually see their face. You just see a person, but how detailed can you really get? In the air? In the air, yeah. You're they're flying looking over their shoulders and stuff? Yeah. Are they? I but, don't think they're looking for faces. They're just like looking to see, oh, there's broadly an airplane there. Well, okay, that's what I think too. And I'm also just kind of wondering how realistic is, like, maybe you're trained for it. I don't know. Maybe you're just, you're expected to know that you flew over base. Like, how big is the base? What is he doing a little flip and he saw it then? Like... Yeah, maybe. How did he even know where he was? Oh, interesting. Maybe they're really good at navigation, obviously. Well, they are. They've got to be. They're doing, they're, they've got their sunrises in the east, sets in the west, and their clicks. They say clicks, right? Four clicks east. They've got to be. They're they, good I mean, they have to be, but I just want somebody to tell me that they are and that they've trained for this because movies just want me to assume that they are, and I want to know what's realistic. Yeah, coming off of an like alien movie, I feel like I need more realism. A superhero, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be grounded in order to be believable. Right after he punches the alien in the face, they go back to drunk crop duster storyline, and I wrote, "I still don't understand what's going on here. Why this is a thing." 
Um, at that point, some people start getting sick. The drunk crop duster, his younger son, gets sick. They have to pull over so he can throw up on the side of the road. Not explained. Um, someone else gets sick. Maybe the press secretary or maybe the president's wife, who later just dies arbitrarily. Oh, she suffered from internal hemorrhaging. Because she okay. was in a helicopter that got caught up in the... Why couldn't it have been external hemorrhaging? And we could have just like, we could have seen her leg get cut off or something. As it was, she's just like, she's, you know, with Will Smith's stripper girlfriend and she's doing her thing. And then she like, she's like, well, I'm going to die now. I'm going to say they spent their special effects budget on aliens and didn't have time to make a realistic amputation. There's no freaking way. There, that part, that would have been one tenth of one percent of their special effects budget. I mean, I don't know about that. They built I don't the entire spaceship. Data for numbers. I'm sure it was a mini. Thank you, boys. The dogs want to get involved here. They feel like we're not giving enough credit to the boomer storyline. <laughs> um, talk to me about Judd Hirsch's performance. Love Jeff Goldblum's dad. In everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I remember seeing a ton of his stuff, but every time I see him, I'm, I have fond feelings like, oh, I like him. Is the um, dad, the grandpa in the Fablemans? I think so. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. That's on my list. Me neither. But yes, I like it. I like him. Um, he's just great. He like steals the movie in their scene on Air Force One when he's just yelling at people oh, about I how know, they need to take like, Jeff Goldblum seriously. Be here without he knows what my David. About. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. Because you kind of you're like, oh, dad, please. But then he he steps in in a big way too. I don't know. I really I like him. I like his characters. Um, did you did you ever watch Chuck? The TV show? Yeah. No. Okay. Is well, that the same as Dexter? It is not different? the same as Dexter. Did you ever is watch? There a th- is there a third TV show starring a gangly, goofy white guy from that same time period that I'm getting them both confused with? Good luck, Chuck. That's a movie. Go on. Adam Baldwin, who is in Chuck as Casey, John Casey, and he's in Firefly as Jane. So I saw him in both of those. I saw him in Independence Day, didn't recognize him, saw both of these TV shows in between the time that I've rewatched Independence Day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Jane. I love him. And he was so fun in this show, too. He's the major from Area 51, which I thought was fun. He's the guy who shoots the windows. The windows. Yeah. When the alien attacks the doctor. Right. Okay. That's fun. Since we're talking about people we enjoy. I'm trying to figure out what other quote. No, it is Chuck. It is Chuck. They referenced it on The Office that Jim Helper looks like him. Mm. I can see that. Because Dwight wanted him to do a whole impression of him at one point. I didn't feel like I recognized a ton of side and background characters, honestly, um, where I was like, oh, it's that guy from that thing. Well, let's be honest, that's not really your forte. I don't know if I agree with that. It's not my fault that all of the, there's only like 
eight tall British dark haired actors and they're all in that same movie. It's not my fault. You can't blame me for that. I can't wait until we watch The Man from Uncle. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. I'm going to I'm going to intentionally get it confused with The Kingsman the entire time. You're going to be like, well, doesn't Samuel Jackson have a lisp in this? <laughs> okay. Um, fun facts. Independence Day mm-hmm. holds the record for the most miniature model work to appear in one film. See, I find that difficult to believe because I've watched hours of documentaries about the making of the Lord of the Rings films, and they make some giant and very intricate miniatures, quite a few of them. But I, maybe I don't know the scale, the number of models. I don't know exactly what. Are you, are you going to the Google? Yeah. I do see a post on Reddit confirming New York Film Academy. Okay. 95%. Wow. Which brings up one of my, as you know, one of my beefs about movies is perspective. So we see the ship and we're like, oh yeah, that's a huge ship. Or it's not really that big, but you get an idea of how big it is. And then you see Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith running, driving their ship, flying their ship. And they, the hole is closing of the ship and it's closing and it's closing and it's closing and it's closing forever. And then the tiny, tiny, tiny spaceship that Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are in just makes it right out. And I'm like, no, how big is this ship supposed to be? Scale, that's it. it's supposed to be planet sized, like moon sized. I mean, it just, I just don't love it. I don't like it when they, when they get weird like that. Well, that's what they do in the Lord of the Rings movies to make the hobbits look short. I know, but that's believable. It is. It is believable. They do it very well. I don't know. I thought it was, yeah. I don't love when they do the, the doors closing. Are they going to make it out? Because you're like, I think they might make it out. I, th- I think I've watched a movie before. I'm guessing they're going to make it out. And so, so it just doesn't like by the fifth time you see them do the same thing. You're like, it's not really hitting the same. Yeah. Or in literally any movie now, like whenever that yeah. happens, you just know they're. It's like a 95% chance they're mm-hmm. going to make it out. Have you seen solo? No. The Han Solo origin one. I have not. No. Okay. At one point, he he's flying. It's not a spaceship. It's like a speeder, like a levitating car thing. And he flips it totally sideways, try to squeeze through a gap. Mm-hmm. And just like gets stuck and he has to get out and like run away. I'm like, thank like, you. That's realistic right there. Yeah. Yes. Solo with Alden Ehrenreich, I think. I was going to say, I have seen Indiana Jones movies where he's running and has to slide underneath the closing door. Mm-hmm. And his hat falls off. And of course he has to reach back and get his hat and he does not lose his arm or his hat. Okay. So that's how we connect temple of doom to solo not through, um, Harrison Ford. It's through getting stuck and sliding through things. Um, I mean, if it has to be temple of doom, that's not really my favorite hair. That's not really my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Well, yeah. It's like the second worst one. The, It'd be the like second that. Worst one. Okay, okay. We're getting way off track here with this movie. Oh, we're talking about movies in our movie podcast. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'll go ahead and give you a refund. Um, shoot me a text at whatever Jeremy's phone number is or whatever our uh, 
stinking hotline. Do we have a hotline? We do, don't we? We do. It's like 1-800-MOVIES or something. No, you're close. It does say movie in it, I think. 240-MOVIE-76. We'll put it in the description. So what did you If you like swipe to the side in Overcast on your podcast, you can just click the link there. Yes, we'll try to do that. I'm sure Jeremy knows how to do that. By we, I mean Jeremy. Yeah, of course we mean Jeremy. We don't know how to do that. We're just the talent. We're just the talent. So what do you think of him firing the Secretary of Defense? I thought it was fine. I was not as invested in that guy being annoying as you were. I wasn't intentionally differentiating. I was like, there's several white guys advising him and mostly giving him not great advice. And so at that, when he starts yelling at him, I was like, oh, has it been that same guy mostly giving him bad advice? Seems like a bad idea by that guy. So I hadn't totally like been tracking with like, oh, this guy has been so annoying this whole time. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he's the president. It was for me, it was more like the president's got a backbone and he's standing up for good old fashioned American values, like being a fighter pilot and believing in yourself. Yeah. I, I guess that's interesting. Cause I, de- he was definitely annoying to me and I was very invested in him being annoying, yeah. wanted him to stop being around because He's horrible, but he is fired. Love that. They go up. They implant. I did think I did have a note that suggested that maybe that guy was on the aliens payroll. Like he was a scroll or something. Okay. He was actually on their team and was trying to sabotage the president's decisions from the inside. I mean, true, but he's definitely ridiculous, but what about this whole I've cracked the aliens code and I can write a program to mm-hmm. render their technology. Yeah. Um, to shut it down enough to get the shields to lower so that we can bomb them. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, obviously, um, but that's fine. It was the late nineties. And so, you know, um, computer defense infrastructure wasn't as advanced as it is now. So you could just put in like blow, drop lower the shields.exe slash command. And, Jeff Goldblum was smart. We'd established that he was smart. He geo-tracked exactly where his ex-wife was in the White House. Which he using. wouldn't have been able to do. Why? Why can't he do that again, Jeremy? He's Jeff Goldblum. There was something about he was He's trying a to... chaos <laughs> mathematician. Jeremy said it was a hand-wavy thing. There's something about how he was trying yeah. to triangulate it, but he wasn't using three points to actually make... Yeah, he was just using the two, I yeah. guess. Which is kind That's of funny. fine. He doesn't even need it. He was just biangulating it. Biangulating it. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, I so. liked that they had bad I liked that they had and tried bad ideas. Where they were like, let's just nuke Houston and see if that works. We didn't just jump straight to the only good idea. I think that's a really good point. I buy it. I buy it. That's the third time I've said that today. I don't know why. It's because I'm making good points. You are making good points. I do think that's good, though, because you get it too much where it's just they they get the one idea, they go and it works. And that's not very realistic. And I again, I know we're talking about a sci fi alien movie. I get it. But I still it's still got to be a little grounded. I 
tell you, no, let me tell you something that I didn't love. I liked when they started Morse coding each other to be like, oh, we are the French version of the Fata Palace. We would love to help you with that. Yes. And then you had the, the you know, um, Middle Eastern guys with the turbans. And so like that was, there was a little stereotyping and the Russians and all that. There was Japanese maybe. And I was like, okay, this is great. We're going to have like the, all the different ethnicities all flying together because it's a global thing. And then like nothing, we just didn't do that. We just only were with the Americans and watched what the Americans were doing. And we totally missed whatever was going on with all that. It did not pay off at all. And that I was annoyed by it. Is a very fair point. Should you be inclined to watch the sequel? Excuse me? Independence Day 2? Yes. Two independent two independence today? <laughs> yes. Um Independence Day. Is Will Day, Smith in it? There's no way Will Smith's in it. Will Smith is not in it. Yeah. Um, but it is, is. Is Boomer in it? No. Okay, I'm out. It's like 20. Yeah, it's like 25 years after. Um, the president's daughter's in it. The okay. uh, Will Smith's son is in it. Or his adopted son or his stepson or whatever. Sure. And um, the doctor, the Oak, Oakton, Oakland. Oaken. The crazy doctor the, from Area 51. Yep, he's in it. They and, picked all the least interesting characters to bring back. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's just who would come back, but. Yeah, it does. So the fun thing about that is it does kind of hit on what you just talked about, where we don't see any, we don't see the response of the rest of the world. We just stuck with the Americans. Yeah. So it kind of gives you background on that, which yeah. I always, when I watched that movie, I thought that was really cool how they pulled in more depth, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jeff Goldblum is in it. Okay. I'm back in. And Judd yeah, Hirsch is I thought it could have been done it. well. They just like dropped the ball on like actually finishing it off. Yeah. It also didn't make any sense that they were like, all of our radios are broken except for our Morse code radio. Like what? There has to be some kind of connection if you can Morse code them. You can't radio them, but you can Morse code them. It seems like a stretch. Okay, Jeremy just said that's because Morse code is a landline. Oh my gosh, Jeremy, I don't care. So is radio. <laughs> there's li radio there's lines that go under not. the telegraph lines and stuff. <laughs> there's all kinds of cables, fiber oh, optic gosh. cables running through the Atlantic Ocean on the ground, on the floor of it. Hundreds of thousands of miles of it, not hundreds of thousands, but th a couple thousand miles or whatever. Okay, how did you feel about the president's speech? I thought it was fine. I know that's a big thing that everyone loves it a bunch. Um, but I don't remember anything about it at this point. Other, I mean, I remember it being speechy. speechy. I am not your target audience for a speech rooted in patriotism, personally. Spoiler alert for all of our hyper patriotic listeners out there. I'm not your guy for that necessarily. So I was just like, it's fine. Are you a guy that appreciates any kind of speeching slash monologuing? Yeah, I can. I, there's monologues I appreciate for sure. Okay, Speeches. I'm just checking. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I think that's sort of it. Like there's a great big speech. Um, I did, they fly. We already touched a little bit on. So there's a couple of things that we missed um, that I had notes on. Um, I, I did kind of like when the drunk crop duster for reasons I didn't totally understand goes, hello boys, I'm back as he like crashed into it. I was like, nice. He had his hero moment. Like that yes. part kind of worked for me. It didn't need his kids, but that part in and of itself kind of worked for me. 
Um, I did think I did predict that Will Smith was not going to make it back home because he got married. It was like classic action movie mistake. You don't do the last minute wedding because then that means you're definitely going to die. So they brought him back, which okay, was give me an example. surprising to me. I don't, it just seems like something that would happen. I don't watch a lot of action movies. It seems like so in the, my you, head, can you technically the parody paradigm of an action movie. A classic mistake? Yeah, you know, Eggsy's dad goes off and dies when he's a little kid. People always be going off and dying and leaving their new wives <laughs> pregnant and stuff. I feel like that's a thing. Okay. You get it. Eggsy gets it. Um... I also predicted, so I didn't think that they were going to fly the alien X-Wing to the mothership. I thought they were just going to have that be the point of the spear for all of the other jet um, fighters. And I thought that that was going to be able to cut through the shields. So he was going to go wreck things because he could actually get through the shields. And that was going to like open a bubble for everyone else to get through too. So I was wrong about how they were going to use it. I knew they were going to use it. Um... I don't didn't understand why some people were getting sick and then nothing happened with it. I think that Judd Hirsch won the movie for me on Air Force Force One. That was my favorite performance. Oh, also, we didn't talk at all about um, after Boomer and his mom survive, then it just becomes Mad Max in Southern California for like 15 minutes. Yeah. It's just her driving the truck and like keeping the... The, the bad guys at bay and like, like she's just getting really hardcore about it. And I thought that was pretty good. Something I loved about that is she went to, I can't, Oh, Oh, I, I forgot about a funny scene, but she went to whatever base he was supposed to be at. And so even though everything yeah. happened, like her, that was her goal was to still get there and she stops right. and she's taking charge of the situation. Like yeah. she's finding people that need help. She's helping them. She's ordering them around. I mean, she's not being rude about it, but she's like, help me do this. Help me do that. You know, she's a strong, independent woman that has utility outside of her man. Yes. Well, and she has Independence Day passes the Bechdel test question mark. I'm going to look it up. Continue. I like that. Um, and I like that she went to the place where she thought he was going to be. Because that's sort of what they decided. Because he said, why don't you come down after work tonight or whatever? So I like that they stayed on that. Like that was the plan. And even though everything was blowing up, she followed the plan. And then the part that I forgot was I love how Will Smith is running out of the base. He sees the helicopter and there's this really big guy, much bigger than Will Smith. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't take the helicopter. And he. He goes. Just tell them I hit you. Right. And I just always <laughs> that's just always funny because obviously the guy is way huge and the look that he gives him. So funny. Anyways, takes the helicopter, goes to the place, does the yeah. thing. <laughs> does it pass the Bechdel test? It does pass the Bechdel test. When she talks to her coworker about going to join the alien welcome party. Yes. Love it. What else was on your list of things? Nice job. Independence Day. Um, Will Smith, very young. Very young. Um, Jeff Goldblum, I thought was good. It's just so funny to me that Jeff Goldblum just plays Jeff Goldblum in every movie. In everything. Oh, and along those Um, lines. 
I, I, th- I think you don't really understand the magnitude of what exactly we are uh, dealing with here. Apparently, in this film... It's a little Jeff Goldblum impression you guys didn't think you were going to get today. He says, must go faster, must go faster, which is the same line that he says in mm. Jurassic Park. I also saw that when Googling the thing about miniatures. With the same Jeff Goldblum, because he's Jeff Goldblum, right? Must uh, go uh, faster. It's kind of like my Obama impression. It's a little bit similar. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I had. I did have one final question at the end. Maybe you can answer this. Why did we, why did action movies stop trying to have plots? At least this much plot. This movie wasn't the plottiest, but it had plot that involved people doing things on a human level. As opposed to give me an example so I can follow you. Okay. As previously noted, I don't watch a lot of action movies. I've seen the Meg. That's not plot. That's just giant shark. That's just giant shark. Um, Maybe it's a different type of movie. That's on my list. It's on your list of movies. I like it. Well, we should we watch can take it, it off. <laughs> we can take it off because I will not willingly watch the Meg again. So you're not going to watch number reason. two. We could go see it in the theater. Megger. No, Rachel is definitely going to go see it. Um, our friend Grace McDellen loves giant, uh, stupid. I mean, like self-described, stu- you know, mindless, huge oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. animal. Godzilla versus King Kong, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it is just different strokes for different folks is I, how I. Uh, <laughs> I think there's definitely different. What do, what do, what do we say? Different categories of an action movie too like right there are right. some I mean, john wick right is in a very different place than the meg and i get that, that. i like the john wick movie. more plottier to steal your terminology mm-hmm. more plotiful yeah so i don't know i mean in summer blockbuster 1998 1997 whenever this came out 1998 96 um, six i was off yeah, both 96 yep yikes Losing my fastball here. Um, I just feel like it actually, it tried to do movie things and it had the speech and it had like acting in it. Yeah. In to a level that Jason Statham does not do in the Meg, for instance. And I just don't have a lot of action films to point to. It didn't only rely on the action pieces. There were, there was a human element. Yes. Correct. Which is fun, even though it was about spaceships and aliens and technology. Yeah. Like, I don't think of like Star Wars as action movies. They obviously have aliens and spaceships and technology and mystical Jedi voodoo. That's right. You think of them as Westerns. It's about caring about the people. Hmm? That's right. You think of them as Westerns. They like are. Like, that is the genre of movie that they are. They're like based on Kurosawa films and stuff. Like, that's who George Lucas really uh, patterned a lot of this stuff on. I thought Independence Day was good. Enjoyed Independence Day. Would you watch it again? Oh, wait. My two favorite scenes. I don't have this prepared, Jessica. (laughs) We just came up with this concept. I watched the movie six weeks ago. Spoiler alert. I know, but I want to tell you my favorite scenes anyways, because they're great. Take you guys behind the curtain here (laughs) into the production of Flabbergasted (laughs) Colon, a podcast about movies. What were your two favorite scenes? I I do like the speech because I like when you can do something inspiring and 
the music was good. The background prep was good. The way Bill Pullman delivered the speech was good. So I like that. I'm always, I'm a sucker for that. If it's good, I like it. Um, And obviously good's relative, but anyways. And I really love the part when Judd Hirsch's character is, he's got all the people in a circle in area 51 and they're, they're going to start praying or something, or they're just like being Mm -hmm. together. And he asks the secretary of defense if he wants, you know, to join. And he's like, I'm not Jewish. And he goes, nobody's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I always love that scene. It gets a laugh every time. That's it. Those are my two favorites. And so I'm guessing which one of those two is your favorite? Yeah. I liked the, I like the nobody's perfect line better, but I think it's going to be the speech scene. Honestly, the nobody's perfect thing was the one that I thought of first. Wow. Yeah. That's like, like a mini scene. I know, but I just love it because he delivers it so well. And the other thing that I really like about this, if we, if we go deep dive, I appreciate that he's not alienating the guy because he's a jerk because he is. And, and he knows that because he was around him. Um, he knows it because he was around it. He was on air force one when the guy was giving bad advice. He was, you know, he knows it. So I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that even though he's not Jewish, he's willing to welcome him, him in, in a place where people are coming together. Yeah. And I appreciate that. So then that the conquer leaf with piece is the just Morse fun. code global, yeah. right? Coming together, you know, putting aside differences type of thing that they they'd missed on a little bit. Yes. And in any movie that's gonna win me over because I think yeah. that it's it's inspiring is what we should aspire to do. Mm-hmm. It's inspirational and aspirational. Yeah. Yeah. So those well, if you've got things. inspirations and aspirations and thoughts about um, Boomer, the dog being the star of Independence Day 3, uh, Cole and Tokyo Drift, feel free, please feel more than free to contact us on our various social media platforms that I'm definitely familiar with. Uh, Instagram, X, Threads, Blue Sky. I can keep naming social media no, things no, no. I think just, exist. Just Instagram. Mastodon. Just Instagram Social. and call or text WhatsApp. us. At call or text us. What's the number? 240-MOVIE76. 240-668-4376. Okay. When you say it with the numbers, that makes it sound like a phone number. And I appreciate that. Um, if you have suggestions for future movies, I would love for people to just start sending in movie like uh two movies that have that are like very different movies but have the same actor in each of them just to see if like they happen to fit our criteria of we've each not seen one of them yeah because be pretty good it takes us a good chunk of time to find a movie that each of us hasn't it's seen unnecessarily complicated has. let's let's crazy. be honest we're bad at figuring out <laughs> what the podcast is and why we are doing it the way we're doing it I love it though. I love that I've gotten to watch the movies we've watched, even if I haven't actually enjoyed them. <laughs> Any of them. <laughs> I have for, you're the one that has seen more movies. They're supposed to be like the more every man, like I just like movies and I'm the like pretentious snobby one. And then I'm like, I don't know, Independence Day, that's pretty good. Maybe your and movies are too snobby like, for me. What? Maybe your movies are too snobby for me. It's Oh, so it's because not all of these are not be fantastic <laughs> mr fox i guess maybe a little no i'm just joking they're not bad movies. my neighbor totoro that was a good one let's just do where i just keep making you watch Wes anderson films until you like one of them 
Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, Drew and Brett. Goodbye. Bye.